Well, good afternoon, everybody. Dennis Fithian here, ready to get things underway. Podcast number three, NFL Draft Week, and Kyle Meineke covers the Detroit Lions for MLive, and he joins me. Kyle, how are you? Dennis, it's good to be here, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's a very exciting week sports-wise, even with the pandemic and the economy hanging over our heads. And uh, what a contrast. But Lion fans, yeah. NFL fans with a chance to cheer and hope with this made-for-TV event and, you know, uh, certainly much-anticipated show. And I know you have to be working your tail off. Is this the, the busiest week of the year for you? It's definitely the busiest week outside of, like maybe the first week of training camp, um, but it's certainly it's certainly like busier than a game week. I, I was just thinking about that today, uh, as my head was spinning a little bit, you know, writing stuff for this week and getting ahead on on stuff for Thursday night. But you know, there's, there's just so much interest, as you know, Dennis, from the podcast, from the radio. There, there's just so much demand and so much interest in the draft these days, and especially in Detroit, frankly, where you don't have a lot of wins, you don't have a lot of championships uh, to, to hang your head on. So this is a big time of the year. Uh, and having a top five pick as a line, too, was a lot of, of course, intrigue and interest going into Thursday night. Yeah, one big thing here, and and one thing that I, I'm I'm pretty sure of is that uh, the Lions and Matt Stafford they they really wanted a tight end because two years ago they had things lined up for Gronk, and we find out that Gronkowski is coming back and he and he's going to the box, but. You know, here were the Lions getting ready to send a, a first-round pick and swap some second-round picks. And then, you know, Gronk, in, in name, two years ago, uh, he wasn't the same, like the arguably greatest tight end. But uh, with a year off and, and then going back down there uh, with, with, uh, with Tom Brady, I don't think it would have worked out for the Lions, uh, but I, it's one of those things, like, I could see it working out with the Bucks. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows, who knows what happened down in Tampa? He clearly, Gronk clearly has a rapport with Tom Brady, they had so many good years in New England, and for Gronk to threaten to retire as opposed to play for Detroit, um, I, think, I think that says a lot about Gronk's relationship with Tom Brady and what's happened uh, with those two guys. But I agree, um, it, it would have been problematic for Detroit given the price they were willing to pay. Um, a first-round pick is a hefty price to pay for anyone, uh, and especially for a guy who retired 12 months later. Um, a a one-year rental for Gronk. Uh, in exchange for a first-round pick, would have been <laughs> would have been a problem for Detroit, uh, and they used that pick then as on Frank Ragnow, who uh, is now Detroit's best offensive lineman going into year three, um, and that's a, obviously been a position group that's been a problem for Detroit. Who knows where that group would be without that, you know, without Ragnow. Well, whether it's fair or unfair, a guy that the Lions drafted last year was uh, was dubbed Little Gronk, and I got to tell you, I, I think you were the first one. I'll take you back a year and maybe a month ago. I remember seeing a story from you on MLive, and, you know, I know you have to do a lot of features. You have to do a lot of projections, you know, before the draft. But as soon as you figured out where the Lions were picking last year at eight, it seemed like the, the first story you put out was, don't be surprised if the Lions picked TJ Hawkinson yeah. from Iowa. And then, yeah. you know, I didn't dismiss it. I'm like, you know, Kyle's doing his work. He's, he's, he's putting a story out here. And, but, like, the, the following week or two weeks later, here was another one by you, like, I wouldn't be surprised. And, hey, here's how he fits. Yeah. And it seemed like you kept going. And then on draft night, I was like, man, eh, Meineke, you know, he, he, he had this one. You, you, had a, you had a feeling or even a little yeah. bit more than that. Thanks for, thanks for scratching my back there so I didn't have to. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I mean, of course, you know, how these things work, you know, I, I talk to people, right? So I, I was told, you know, for various reasons that the lines like Hawkinson and he, he made sense for them. And, you hear that in a number of guys. It's not like some great insider tip. I wasn't going out the report and that he was going to be the pick. But at that point, people are thinking there's no way the Lions will draft another tight end 
after taking Brian Pettigrew in the first round, taking you know, Eric Ebron in the first round, and then that not, not working out, obviously. Um, but, like, he just checks so many boxes. And as we look forward to the 2020 draft, that's the thing I've thought a lot about with Bob Quinn is that, is that you know, his style, he, he loves to check boxes. He loves to he loves the kind of guy who's uh, a safe pick uh, from, a, um, from a, a, a name brand school, if you will. Big Ten or SEC has been every single one of his first-round picks and a bunch of his second-round picks, too. He, he likes guys who play positions of need. Uh, no red flags, high character, uh, high high floors. That's a big one. The, like every, all four of his first round picks have checked all of those boxes, uh, and that included T.J. Hawkinson. And when you threw in the the Ferentz connection and Ferentz from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, uh, it just made too much sense. Even though I think at that point, when I was writing those stories, a lot of fans would, would be you know can't, you know against the, the Hawkinson pick, but he just made a lot of sense for for Detroit. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into the 2020 draft, Dennis. But that's—I mean—that's why I'm picking Okuda uh, for Detroit. I, he just strikes me as the same kind of pocketing guy who just checks a ton of Bob Quinn boxes, um, and he's my guy right now for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like to check boxes? And you know what? When it comes to Okuda, when you just read about him, whether you want to call him a bulletproof pick or not, but he does like, uh, he thrives in, in press coverage. And if there's one thing, I mean, I'm no X's and O's guru, but I do know that Matt Patricia, with that defense, he likes a, a man cover corner that can get up there and press you. And that's exactly what uh, what Jeff Okuda brings to the table, and the Lions really don't have uh, another corner out there opposite of Trafant right now that you, I think you'd feel really comfortable going with. So it looks like it's uh, right. staring us in the face that it's going to be Okuda. But you know, having said that, do you think it'll be at three, or do you think it'll be at five, or even six? Yeah, if you would ask me that question a month ago, I would have I would have told you the probability that Detroit would trade out of the the third overall pick would be better than not. Um, but with the with the two of medicals uh, not you know have not been reports on, the, on that guy in the last week or two. There are reports that he you know he failed multiple physicals, all this stuff. Now there's a lot of smoke screens this time of year. There's a lot of stuff that's said. Um, I I take everything with a healthy dose of, of skepticism. I don't think he's going to fall into the teens or anything like that, like you hear from some people. But at the same time, Dennis, I do think that there's a a risk there on, on the health and not, not just in 2020, but going forward, whether he can stay healthy given, you know, the ankle injuries on, on both sides, the, the wrist injury, the, um, obviously the hip. Um, and so I, I just, I don't know if a team is going to be willing to trade into the top five, let alone the top three uh, and give up draft resources to trade into that risk on Tua, especially with a guy like Justin Herbert, that's also there who doesn't have the same kind of, of medical concerns. So I really think ultimately most likely, Detroit probably sticks at three on draft night. I just think the trade market will be softer than expected. Uh, and I do think Okuda will be the pick, whether it's at three or if they slide back to five and he's still there. I still think Okuda would be the pick. You're right. They, they want press corners. Those guys are hard to find because you need to be big and physical. Um, and, they, I mean, they try to do it with, with T. Saber and, to some extent, Amani Oruwari. Those are big physical guys, too. Um, Tease was just too slow to, to make it work. Uh, with Okuda, he's he's big and long, but he's also fast enough uh, to to play at the NFL level. Uh, he's played in a program that that Bob Quinn trusts in Ohio State. That's the same place that, that produced Taylor Decker. Um, he has a close, close relationship with that program. They play at a high level. You can look. I mean, you can pop in the tape and you can see Jeff Okuda play against T. Higgins and play against Trevor Lawrence in, in Clemson, one of the best teams in the country. Those, those are NFL caliber players. 
first round type of picks that he's going up against. And he allowed five catches for 47 basically meaningless yards. Um, the, the guy's a lockdown corner, never allowed more than 50 yards in a game, never allowed a catch of longer than 12 yards. Which mm. I think it's just insane. Um, I mean, we, could, we could go on for forever. He just checks all the boxes, the lines are looking for. And with Slay and Philly, uh, that is a position I need for Detroit. It's a very difficult position, Dennis, to find immediate starters, immediate uh, contributors, because there's typically a, a growth curve uh, with a cornerback. It's just a very difficult position to play as a rookie. Um, but I think Okuda is that special kind of cornerback prospect, given where he played, against whom he played, the system he played in, that will be ready to contribute on day one. Well, it was really had, sad to hear what you had to say there about Tua and with the Lions staying at three. But, you know, I agree with you. You know, Tua, I was a truther, but, you know, it all was dependent on seeing him have a pro day and throw and run. And he's not doing that. So I, I can't, you know, force the Lions to, you know, take a guy that, uh, it, that, you know, with the position that the Lions are in without being able to get a look at him uh, for sure. But, you know, he's a really talented player, man. He, he really is. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he, if he turned out to be an all pro. There's just a lot of variance, a lot, a lot of like risks with it, with the, with the evaluation there. Um, and it would have, that would have been the case anyway, under normal circumstances. And now you throw coronavirus into it and the absence of medical rechecks yeah. and the Lions can't have their own doctors looking at them. I mean, there's just way too many wild cards in there especially when you have a, a guy under center already who has, you know, and Matthew Stafford, who has three more years on his contract, is coming off a really good year, um, you know, before the injury, of course. I mean, I'm not saying the Lions are all settled at, at quarterback. The, the injury hurt them last year, and there are questions about Stafford going forward. I just don't see the Lions spending a top-five pick going into a win-now year on a guy that, 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 that is going to back up your quarterback for a year and then maybe be good after that. I just, I just don't see it happening. There's, there's too many risks for – for Bob Quinn, and again, Bob Quinn does not like risk in the first round. Mm. Well, Kyle, before we let you go, I got uh, some wild card quick hitters for you here. If the Dolphins uh, called up Bob Quinn today, and uh, I, I think a lot of people were looking at that that second round pick that they had, number thirty nine, it seemed very reasonable. But they also have a uh, a second second round pick, number number fifty six. If if uh, the twenty sixth overall pick in the second round, if the Dolphins are are calling Bob Quinn, do you think he he makes that trade? before they're on the clock Thursday? I don't think he makes any trade before they're on the clock. Uh, that would be unusual. I mean, it, it does happen, but I, 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 I mean, I suspect Bob Quinn will know Thursday afternoon what, what he's going to do probably, but I don't think it'll be finalized until you see those first two picks come off the board. Yep. Uh, so uh, it, it looks like Okuda, but Anthony Simmons, Derek Brown, I mean, are those the next two guys, any other kind of wild card, uh, a tackle, anything else that you, that you, you see there possibly? Yeah, I mean, people love to talk about wild cards in the draft. Uh, it's fun to talk about, but when you're picking third overall, it's hard to have a wild card. You know, you kind of know who the, the blue chippers are. And I, I've seen these, you know, the, the, the trade projections out there. You know, what if the Lions traded back with Miami's second pick? I think it's around like 18 or 17 or something like that. Um, and then picking up more picks by doing that. And I just don't see that happening because I think they'll be intent on getting one of these blue chip guys. And I think they think there's like five or six of them, including the quarterback. I just don't see the Lions trading too far back and missing out on a playmaker because I think they view when they view, and I've heard this from multiple people within this franchise, Dennis, like they, they think they have a lot of good players, but they don't think they have enough uh, elite players, playmakers, guys who, who, who change a game, who uh, another team has to prepare for. They don't have enough of those guys, particularly on defense and especially post-serious play. Uh, and I don't think they'll trade to a, a spot where they won't have a chance to get one of those playmakers. 
Well, I'll speak for all Lion fans. I hope they get it right. But after that, I hope during the draft that we do get to see some dogs or kids in the GM and coaches, uh, (laughs) Zoom or Skype. And speaking of that, you know, you had a story out this week where you 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 talk to some lions. And you get some pictures with uh, their animals, their dogs specifically. And there's something I've never seen before. You know, I like Joe Dahl, uh, Joe Dahl's dog. He's an awesome looking animal there. But Danny Shelton, the new defensive tackle, he he had dogs in his his wedding picture, like like four dogs in his wedding picture. I've never seen anything like yep. that. Yeah, and formal wear. Like they were wearing dresses and uh, yeah. tuxes <laughs> and ties yes. and everything. It was it's pretty adorable. I like my idea for the story was just like you know with the coronavirus, like things are so bad. And every time I turn on my computer, every time I look at my phone, it's just more more negativity. Like more job losses, more people getting sick, more people dying. I just was starved for something positive to feel good about. And then I saw a picture of a dog on Twitter, and I'm like, you know what? That would make for a great feel-good story. So I, I pitched it to the Lions and give the Lions credit because they were very good about hooking me up with some players to, to do that story, and I was happy to do it because well, it's just been a, a tough run here in the last month. No question. You did it. It landed just right for me here. The final thing for you, you know, I mentioned Skype, Zoom, and everything else, and I don't know if you're going to be in an RV uh, outside of <laughs> Quinn's house, but and I don't know if you want to tell everybody where we're going to be, but – uh, what, what's your plan on, on draft night? Yeah, I'm going to be in my apartment. Uh, and, and it's so weird because normally we're in Allen Park for three days. And it's a marathon. You know this, man. It's like the, like night one is long and night one's easiest because then you got two rounds on Friday and you got the rest of the draft on Saturday. And that's just a cluster you know what. Uh, it's just it's a long three days. And um, there are certain rituals. This is my, my, my seventh draft that I'm doing now as a Lions beat writer. And, you know, you get settled into to certain traditions like pizza night one and, you know, just various things going on. And it's going to be so strange uh, sitting in my apartment with my cat, <laughs> you know, like reporting on the draft, talking to, to Bob Quinn in, in his home office via Zoom, like, um, and then getting patched into a teleconference with a player that's in God knows where. I mean, it's just going to be a very strange night, which I think is maybe very fitting because these are very strange times for us. No doubt about that. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking some time, and uh, yep. I'll be uh, taking in all of your coverage over this weekend. And uh, and best of luck on all of that, and hopefully we get a screen grab with you and your, your cat on your Zoom or something like that. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. All right, Thanks hey, for having me on, Dennis. I really you, appreciate it, man. Yeah, take care, Kyle. Thanks. Yeah, you too, Dennis. There Thank he you. is, uh, Kyle Meineke, joining us here. I'll be covering the draft, uh, covering the the Lions, and you heard there, in his apartment – He'll be taking uh, all of this in as uh, we we get it going on Thursday. It's always so much anticipated, the draft, and then this year the uniqueness with everything that's going on and a chance where you can just for one night, it's it's like um, it's sports. We know that it hasn't been around, and it's not going to be normal because we're going to be watching uh, Roger Goodell in his basement uh, bringing in the the draft picks instead of those guys uh, coming in on a on a pontoon in Vegas, but uh, it, it will be the closest thing to normal sports uh, that we have had here in in weeks. And so for that, uh, uh, like everybody else, and if you're still listening right now, I think you know what? Yeah, you're football starved, you're sports starved, and uh, you'll be in at it after the draft. I will, uh, after the first round's over on Thursday, I'll have another podcast, and I'll get that one out uh, for you on Friday. 
Thanks for listening. Podcast number three. Thanks to Kyle Meineke, Dennis Vithian. Oh, uh, you'll hear me on, on, on Friday morning talking about the first round and everything that went on in the 2020 NFL draft.